0: Well, hey, alpaca pals, I know it's been a while since you've seen us in your feed. And that's because Katie and I are taking a summer break, which has been really nice. But we wanted to bring you a little bonus episode so that you don't forget who we are when we come back with season four. So this is going to be a fun one. We reached out on social media to see if any of you had questions for us. A bunch of you sent in some questions. So we're going to do a little AMA episode and ask me anything and we're going to respond to your questions. And we'll also chat about some other things that have been top of mind. So welcome to this bonus episode of Alpaca My Bags. Let's get into it. So I'm here with Katie, producer extraordinaire. Hey, Erin. Katie doesn't get to like be interviewed often. So this is exciting. I get to ask you questions.
1: And normally when I'm interviewed, it's about podcasts. And now I'm being interviewed about fun stuff and us and this podcast and travel. And I'm very excited for a change of pace.
0: Yeah, and it's also fun just for you and I to get to chat because we make this podcast together, which is tons of fun. And obviously, we get to spend a lot of time together, but we don't actually get to spend that much time talking to each other. So this is fun. I, get that we, I, I love that we get to do this.
1: Except for when we're uh, visiting horses and we spend lots of time together just being surrounded by horses and camping.
0: Yes. So Katie and I had a weekend away together Mm -hmm. for the first time. We hadn't seen each other in a year because of this pandemic. So this was our reunion and we went on a little road trip to like eastern Ontario. We got to visit alpacas. We got to go camping. We got to meet tons of horses.
1: Erin, you're not... I've described the story of where we camped to so many people. You are not doing it justice at all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll do it justice. Give give us the pitch. So Erin messages me and she's like, Katie, do you want to do this camping trip? She found a couple of different options and eventually she landed on this place she found on Airbnb called, correct me if I'm wrong, Rough Campsite.
0: Yes, it was titled Rough Campsite. And when I looked at it, I just have to interject and say, when I saw it, I was like, ooh, this could be either really good or really bad, but I'm game to try. (laughs)
1: And I think the selling feature for you was free range horses and a swimming hole. And so I was like, cool, book me in. We drive up to just north of Peterborough and get to this campground and we arrive at the address and it's just like this house with a really angry dog barking at us and all of these old trailers rusty trailers just being overgrown by all these weeds everywhere and we kind of see a driveway go down but there's two gates and a giant no trespassing sign and this mannequin dressed up in army camo
0: and it, it was a GI Joe
1: Yes, a G.I. Joe. Yeah.
0: Honestly, it was apocalyptic. I I was like, this is the start of a horror movie.
1: I was like, we are gonna die this weekend. One hundred percent we're gonna die, but at least we'll be together. So we (laughs) sit there for like what, 30 minutes, being like where do we – we don't want to go up to the house where the angry dog is and say, hey, we're here. Like, So we just sit there and then we're like, okay, we'll call her. So we call and we talk to the owner of the property and she's like, oh, yeah, just come in through the gates. The gates are just there to keep the horses in. So just open them up and drive right through and I'll meet you right at the end of the driveway. So we drive, we drive on through and the first thing we see is butts. <laughs> <laughs> And we see this lady turn around who's fully clothed, but she's standing next to this like 6 year old naked man, and she waves over, walks over to us, and she's like, hey, Erin, Katie, welcome, Uh, welcome to the campground. And the best part was her telling us like where we could camp, because she was
0: just sort of vaguely gesturing left, right, (laughs) back, forth. Hold on, can we back up though? (laughs) I just have to say one of the first things she said to us, because I... Maybe it was our faces. I had forgotten that there is a line in the Airbnb listing that says "nudist welcome. (laughs) And I had skimmed over that because I was like, whatever, I love nudists. Like, that's great. And so I'd forgotten. So when we drove in and the first thing we saw was naked people, I think like she must have seen on our faces that we were a bit surprised because the first thing she said was, oh, did I not warn you about the nudist? (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was so funny.
1: It was so good. And she was like, as she's giving us those vague directions to where we could set up our tent, she's also telling us about all of the parties that are there this weekend. So, oh, we've got the nudists here this weekend. We've got a swingers group here. They're staying over, over, vaguely gestures to like the forest. We've also got the singles group. So I don't know if you (laughs) ladies are single, but blah, blah, blah. Oh, and then there's some girls here having a birthday party. (laughs) Like It's just so casual. And she's like, you are more than welcome to go hang out with the the nudists. They're all super friendly. You don't have to. You can wear your clothes. (laughs) I was like, yeah, we've been to Hanlon's Beach. We know. (laughs) Yeah, we've seen some butts in our lifetime. And then also the other fun fact about this place was that there had been movies shot there. So there was all these old movie sets, including like a full on pirate ship in the middle of the field where she was like, yeah, we've had raves here before and like all of these like witchy parties. And <laughs> just like, this place was basically like Burning Man in Ontario. <laughs> yeah, it truly was. And then also a highlight of the... Two two other stories about this camping trip because it was just too funny. First of all, we ask where the swimming hole is because we were all excited about swimming. And she just vaguely gestures to where it might be, follow the yellow markers, so oh, we'll find it. We never found the swimming hole. We we went on like the biggest hike, trekked through the river, went got all the way up to the main road and never found the swimming hole. And then when <laughs> we were joking about how this is the the type of place that you have to be on like mushrooms to find the swimming hole. <laughs> It just doesn't exist until you're on another whole level of your mindset. And then we saw her and she was like, We were were like, We tried to find it and we couldn't find it anywhere. And we we got all the way up to the road. Oh, you did? That's where it is. It was right there.
0: (laughs) I really think it could just be a hypothetical swimming hole because we ran into some other people there. This young woman was like, I've been coming here for five years and I haven't found the swimming (laughs) hole. This sw- we are the swimming hole. So since season three wrapped, there are some like little updates that I think we should give everyone. I think the biggest one is that you and I are both fully vaccinated.
1: Yes.
0: Which is amazing. Exciting. I like, I really didn't know if this day would ever come. So feeling very privileged and grateful to have the Pfizer in me. But um, this has changed like some things about our life, like... Ontario is no longer in a perpetual state of lockdown. There are still restrictions, but life feels more normal than it has probably since the start of the pandemic. Um, we might record in person, maybe. We'll have to see how things go over the next few weeks and months. But yeah, it's really nice to see like our families and friends all getting the job, and hopefully this means that Canada can avoid locking down again. Please, please. And if you're not vaccinated... Maybe Go consider do
1: getting vaccinated.
0: Yeah. So should we get into these questions? Yeah, let's get into these questions. Okay. Okay, first one is actually a question from me. I want to know what episode from season three had the biggest impact on you or like something that you learned from season three that really stood out. So
1: I was saying to you before we hit the record button that I have a pretty cheesy answer that like I genuinely love our show. like <laughs> I genuinely love it so much. And I find all of the episodes very good. <laughs> Sorry, just not to toot our own horn here, but I genuinely love them. But there's actually two episodes that really stuck out to me this season. One was our episode with Jenny about travel and autism. It's just such a new concept for me. I think autism has only become kind of a topic over the last maybe couple of years, like I've seen a lot about it on TikTok now and and about neurodiversity. So learning more about it from her. And also Jenny was just hilarious. Like she's so funny and easy to talk to and so charismatic. So that conversation just was so interesting to me. Also, I'll just say Chris and Alex, aka Burrito and Tortilla, they're also hilarious. (laughs) I had the best time talking to them. And then the other episode that stood out to me was our, actually our season finale with Sojourner, talking about ethnocentrism. That is something that was like a brand new concept to me and learning more about it and getting her, having her describe it in a way that was like, when you go to a new country and you say, this is weird, that's such a familiar feeling to, I feel like, so many people and just that phrase is so distinct that you can catch yourself saying it. And it's like an immediate trigger for you to kind of take a step back and reflect on it. So that stuck with me like pretty hard. I think that's like kind of an easy thing for anybody who's wanting to be a responsible traveler to like keep in mind and take action on, right, mentally, even though it's not maybe something physical you can do, you can always change your mindset with that kind of thing. And yeah.
0: I think it's also important to emphasize like thinking that isn't necessarily bad, like it is it is human to take notice of things, especially culturally, that are different. It's what you do with that acknowledgment that you've had that thought. It's not a bad thing. It's a really good starting point for addressing our own biases, I- I'd say.
1: Yeah, and that's what I mean. It's just such an obvious trigger to you. Like when you catch yourself saying it, it's just so obvious. But yeah, which ones made an impact on you though?
0: Well, definitely those two, I'd say. Yes. The episode on autism definitely had an impact because I just had never really like thought about it. It was just something I'd never like Faced in life, like to think about autism or to think like if I knew anyone autistic, so that was definitely really enlightening for me. also the episode was Sojourner, honestly, like all of them i can't I can't pick one because <laughs> every single episode I learn things, and oh, they just kind of like all work together to sort of like shape this growth that I think I personally like am gaining from just making this show. but I also wanted to shadow another episode that like really landed with me. And that was episode 53 with the women from fat girls travel too. And I think it had an impact on me because, and this is like really straight up and unfiltered here. It made me really uncomfortable. And I think it did because it touched on things that have been causing insecurity for me personally. Like in the last few years, I've experienced weight gain, which I never had before. And it's resulted in insecurities that I've really struggled with. And talking with Ashley and Natalie just made me realize like how internalized beauty standards are. That's something that I like logically knew, but I'd never really acknowledged it in myself. And that episode like really provoked that in me. And it also like made me realize like personally how privileged I've been throughout my life to fit into this, like, completely impossible standard of thinness. It just led to a lot of self-reflection, and I think that was really important for me. So that episode, definitely big impact. Okay, next question. Okay, so this question is from Zach. full <laughs> wonderful Zach. He would ask a question that he knows is just going to result in me telling a story about poo. Like, he would. <laughs> so content warning, everyone, if you don't want to hear me talk about poo... <laughs> you should fast forward a few minutes. So Zach wants to know, Zach wants to know what is your most objectively humiliating, but also hilarious travel experience. And there's like too many for me to tell. Should I just... Get into I think you should just dive right into it. <laughs> this is such an Instagram versus reality moment because when Luke and I went to Mexico City, um we visited the pyramids of Teotihuacan, which are super famous. And I posted this like glamorous photo of me on the top of this famous pyramid. And <laughs> like you wouldn't know from the photo, but I was on the verge of shitting my pants. <laughs> like on the verge. <laughs> like okay we're in Mexico City all week long just eating street food loving the tacos Lucas and I like do not we do not hold back from street food (laughs) so and we were there for a week the whole time we're totally fine so I thought I'd gotten through the trip without any diarrhea which is like pretty (laughs) remarkable for me but no (laughs) That wasn't the case because the last day, literally our last full day in Mexico City, we've planned to venture out to these pyramids. I woke up and just had explosive diarrhea. It was so bad, and I crawled into bed and I was like, Looch, I don't know if I can do it. And he was like, You can do it, it's our last day. Like, you can do it, you have so, to do it. And so, we think ahead, so we always have our like kit for when we feel sick while abroad. So, we had electrolytes, so I like dumped electrolytes and like chugged water, ate some charcoal tablets, and then packed extra underwear in my backpack. And then, Luke and I got onto the subway to go to this bus station. So we needed to take the subway for like half an hour to get to the bus station to then take a bus for an hour out to the pyramids. I almost shit my pants on the subway. It was like really touch and go. could <laughs> barely walk. By the time we got to the bus station, it was like, I need to be in the bathroom immediately. This is how I knew Lucas was the love of my life because he pulled out of his backpack a roll of toilet paper. And he was like, I took this from the hostel because I thought, you know, if we have an emergency on the way, like, it'd be good to have this on hand. <laughs> <laughs> so after I took care of things in the bathroom at the bus station, I found the pharmacy. This is something about, like, non Canada countries that I've noticed like there are pharmacies everywhere. So there was a pharmacy there and I like ran to it and frantically like googled how to say diarrhea in Spanish. Turns out it's a very similar word, thank goodness. And so I was able to tell The pharmacist, my situation, and she gave me what I assume was like the equivalent of modium, which just like stops you from pooing. And (laughs) they don't really recommend that you take it. Like it's actually better that you just like let it flush out of your system. But given that we were like spending a whole day climbing pyramids, I was like, no, this is an emergency situation. So I'm going to take two of these. And once they were in my body, I was like, okay, I can make it throughout the day. And so yeah, we took an hour long bus ride. I was so sick I couldn't eat anything. So that wasn't fun, but by the well, time we the got to the pyramids were built up in you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My body was more focused on getting things out versus in, <laughs> which I understand. <laughs> Anyways, we got to the we got to the pyramids and um, it was great other than like having to stop every like three steps climbing up and down them cuz I was like truly truly concerned Gotta go
1: real easy on yourself.
0: Oh yeah. I the was last real thing you law-
1: How steep was it?
0: It's very steep. It's so you had steep. people
1: right behind you.
0: Yes. I
1: did. <laughs> Things went wrong. Things could get real bad. <laughs>
0: Yes. So, yeah, that was embarrassing. The thing is, no one else really knew my situation other than Lucas. So, I mean, I wasn't that embarrassing. It was more embarrassing when I shit myself like in the middle of a cemetery in Scotland and everyone could smell it. <laughs> Did I never tell you this? No, I think you I never told you told this. Me that. Oh my gosh. Okay. I flew to Scotland from Nepal. And the whole time I was in Nepal, people were like, be very careful of the water. And I was. And I got through the whole trip thinking, I'm fine, like no food poisoning. I land in Scotland and the first thing that happens is I have food poisoning. So I think it must have been like carried over from my time in Nepal. And uh, I was with Philip, who we did an episode with this season. So Philip and I are like traveling around Scotland together. And I was so embarrassed. I could not tell him that I was like really suffering (laughs) from diarrhea. And we're in Edinburgh and we're in the middle of this like beautiful cemetery. And I shit myself. And Phil looks at me and he's like, do you smell that? And I was like, what? Well, no, I don't smell that. Nothing. What? And then I'm like, Phil, I I really need to go pee. Like, could we just pop into that restaurant? And I went into the restaurant. This was, like, I know what to do now. This is why you pack extra underwear. So thank goodness, because, like, the underwear I was wearing was, like, goodbye. Um, So I just, like, didn't tell him what had happened. And throughout the trip, it got progressively worse until I shit myself on our tour bus. (laughs) I didn't pack enough underwear for this. (laughs) (laughs) Like it got to the point where I was like going to a doctor and the doctor was like, this is really bad. Like you shouldn't be this sick for this long. And I remember being in one of our hostels and Phil and I like were sharing a bed and I was lying there and I woke up and I looked at him and I was like, Phil, I just have to tell you something. And he was like, what? (laughs) I was like, Phil, I've had like really bad food poisoning and I keep shitting myself like every day of this trip. <laughs> you guys are like BFFs. I was I like, know. is this the first time he's going to hear of this, this podcast? <laughs> no, he, he knows. He knows. <laughs> it's because I was so embarrassed. So maybe that's like a more objectively humiliating story. I'm really proud of you for being so vulnerable on the podcast. Oh, thank you. I mean, this is another life update. I'm now in therapy, and um, I think it's, like, really helping, helping me open up about the like realities of my life. Like your butt? Or- <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, mental therapy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I could probably use, like, physical therapy, too, though. Who knows? <laughs> I'm really glad to hear that. Okay. Well, our next question was submitted by Danica And she's asking for tips and tricks to deal with reverse culture shock after living abroad. This is such a good question because I feel as though we have talked about culture shock on the show, but always in the context of going somewhere else. We've never really talked about what happens when you come home from being abroad, And I can definitely say I have experienced shock, like adjusting back to life, coming back from living abroad. And I think part of it is that when you're living abroad, your life is so different. Like everything is different. And in a way, it's like kind of exceptional because you're living this sort of dream life. And then when you come home, it can be tough because you're just going back to normal. And you don't have the stimulation anymore of... You know, just like being abroad and discovering new things every day. Yeah, so I can definitely confirm it is a tough transition to come home. And I think a lot of the tips and tricks I have are kind of similar to the tips I would give for when you're experiencing culture shock. First of all, just go slowly. Like don't dive immediately back into your regular at-home life. If you can take some time to just chill out and settle back in, I think that helps a lot. Keeping a journal, just write about like how you're feeling, write about what you're missing. I think that's something I've experienced when I come home is just this like deep feeling of sometimes it's sadness, just like missing that I'm not doing what I was doing before. When I came home from living in Europe, I missed the life I'd created in Europe, which is totally fair. I was almost mourning that life. And so keeping a journal is one way to help work through those feelings, I think, Also like mental health, therapy, whatever you need to do to take care of your mental health because I think like any kind of big transition, which coming home is, can benefit from mental health support. And I mean, Emily even said in one of our episodes this past season, like everyone should be in therapy right now and (laughs) all the time. So another big help for me is finding and knowing my at-home travel community I actually made this podcast partly because I just wanted to talk about travel and a lot of my friends here in Toronto they like travel but they're not they're not as obsessed as me so they don't want to hear me talk about all my experiences and they don't want to like debate things that I want to debate about travel so it was important for me to find a community here in Toronto that was on that same page and so that I have people to talk to about those things lastly And I don't know if this is like the best tip, but just book your next trip. I basically, like pre-pandemic, I always knew when my next trip was going to be. And that just gave me like something to look forward to, which made it a little easier to cope with, you know, just living and working at home. To um, your second
1: to last point, basically, Erin says, if you're experiencing reverse culture shock, message her.
0: She wants (laughs) to talk to you. (laughs) message me. I will talk
1: to you. (laughs) I'll add that. I haven't had as many travel experiences as Aaron has, for sure. I've definitely traveled a lot more in my youth as a kid with my family than I have as an adult. But I will say as an adult, when I am booking trips, I prepare for basically the comedown of travel. So I know there's usually – best days to book a trip when it's cheaper. But if you do have, you have booked, you know, a trip around a weekend, like if you can come back on a Saturday and have Sunday to yourself to just recuperate, that is super helpful to just kind of have that day to just slowly get back into life rather than, you know, coming back on like a Wednesday and then you got to go right to work on Thursday. So And I also think that maybe since the pandemic has hit and a lot of people have a hybrid work kind of culture now, it might be a little easier for most people to just basically – honestly, maybe you don't even have to come home. Maybe you can just stay and work in the country. You never have to worry about reverse culture shock ever again. But I think maybe things might get a little easier for some people as they come home and they don't have to do a commute and they don't have to do so many things that are part of a regular old routine. As you come home, like on your – kind of once you get to the airport, order some groceries online and have them delivered to you. So delivered to your house so that when you get home, you don't have to worry about going out and restocking your fridge and doing all those things. You can just chill out. So um, yeah, there's – plan to feel shitty And then give yourself enough time to recuperate when you get back. Great points. I'm definitely
0: going to put into practice that groceries tip. Oh, you weren't the one that gave me that tip? No, definitely not. Oh. (laughs) And also, your tip about like coming home not at the very last second, I'm notorious for doing that. And I'm realizing it's not a good idea. Well, you book at the very last second too. (laughs) Katie, I've also... This is terrible. I have booked flights that land in Toronto at 7 a.m. and then gone directly to the office on a Monday. This is the thing. You and I have very
1: different travel styles, I think, because you are such a traveler. like You can just up and go. I don't know how you change your mindset that quickly, and maybe you don't. But for me, like when I've planned a trip, I start packing for it about like a month and a half in advance. Like I've already got like on some somewhere in my house, there's like little piles of clothing that are being starting to stack up that I'm like, ooh, this is perfect. I'm not going to wear this for the next month and a half. <laughs> and, like, ah. <laughs> I am coordinating like literally everything for so long that I'm like already in vacation mode by like three days before we leave. And then that means that all of my work that I'm doing before we leave has very much suffered because I'm not paying attention to it. But at that point, priority is life. And priority should always be life and enjoying life. So it's so funny. And then I plan ahead to like basically slowly come back to life when I come
0: back. (laughs) I think if you traveled with Lucas, you would have a conniption because he doesn't He literally does no planning, nothing until probably five hours before we're heading to the airport. No, I can't. No. Sometimes we'll land in a country and I'll be like, what do you want to do? And he says, let me do some research. And I'm like, we're here. (laughs) We're here now. (laughs) Well, okay. This just reminds
1: me of the first time we went camping together. It was me, Mark, (laughs) you, and Lucas. And Mark and I come with like everything. And also we planned on this like, because I already have a shit ton of camping gear because camping is very much my thing. So I was like, yeah, you guys just come with like whatever. I'll take care of everything. You came with a tent that wasn't even functional. It was the one thing. And then I find out in our recent camping trip, that you don't even normally sleep on an air mattress. You just sleep on the cold, hard ground. I'm like, you guys really don't plan ahead very much, do you? are just like, we're going, and we'll figure it out when we get there. And like, we're I can also- appreciate that, but like, damn, I don't know how you Honestly,
0: I, I realize it makes it look like we're bad planners but really what this boils down to is Lucas and I are like super frugal. Literally we just don't want to spend money on sleeping mattresses. That's literally it. And we don't want more stuff. We have such <laughs> few things.
1: Okay, on to the next question. Um is from Anuj, who has also joined us on the show before. How do you come up with ideas for episodes?
0: All right. Well, It's definitely a joint effort. I mean, Katie and I like bounce ideas back and forth a lot, a lot, a lot. And Katie brings like tons of great ideas. On my end, basically, I am just always thinking about topics. Sometimes inspiration comes from reading articles online or from reading threads that I'll see in a post in one of the travel forums I'm in. Other times, I'll find it from news. Um, So for example, our episode, Unpacking Travel Privilege in Southeast Asia that was inspired by news coverage of an American who was deported from Indonesia this year. Um, so when I read that story, I thought, oh, like this is like such an example of travel privilege and. Be interesting to talk about it in the context of Southeast Asia. So, yeah, actually, I do get get a lot from the news. I'm just always looking out for sort of like controversial travel news. And I build a lot of like concepts for episodes around that. We do get ideas from our listeners, our alpaca pals, and Anuj
1: being one of them. India was an idea that you had and you wanted to explore. And then Anuj kind of reached out to us and was talking about his experience. And we were like, okay, we
0: need to dig into this harder. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anytime a listener messages us an idea or a topic that they're interested in, I wish I could show you, Alpaca Pals, the spreadsheet that I have <laughs> of topics. I could probably make the show for like 10 years just mm-hmm. from here on in because um, I just had every single idea. So when we were putting putting together the ideas for season four, which is launching in October, it was mostly just pulling from like this bank of ideas that we already had. The timing for an episode will often depend on like when we find the right guest for it. So sometimes that can be like the deciding factor because I always I'll know what the topic is, but I want to know that I have the right guest for it. Yeah, so for example, like the colonialism and ethnocentrism episode, we have been wanting to do that for I think since season 1 or 2. And it only happened at the end of season three because we finally found Sojourner, who we thought was the perfect fit for that episode. That's basically it. I'll come up with the ideas and then I run them by Katie.
1: Yeah, I think like as a behind the scenes sort of thing is we do really kind of ruminate on an idea until we can find the perfect guest to talk about it. Because something that always really stuck out to both of us was make sure, like really evaluate if you're the right person to tell the story. And this is something that's actually, you know, caused Aaron and I a little bit of anxiety as we plan episodes too, because we really, sometimes there's episodes that we do that we're like, oh man, like we really start to question whether or not we should even be involved in the episode at all. And like, and honestly, it's it's such a, it's a tough thing that you have to dive through because we really, really want to make sure that the right person is telling the right story and that it's not us, you know, two privileged white, Women telling other people's experiences because that is something that we want to stay as far away from as possible. And sometimes that does happen by accident. And I think it's, we have to kind of like play around in that area to figure out how to do it well. And that's why we're always open to having people reach out to us and let us know what they think about the podcast because we really, really, really value feedback, um, whether or not it's in review form, even if it's just a DM on Instagram or an email. Like we really, value what other people have to say about the show, because it really helps
0: us to understand how we can tell these stories and experiences a little bit better. And I also think like an important thing to note is that in the future, I think some of our topics will be touched on again a second time, because as much as you want to find like the perfect guest to tell a story, that doesn't account for the fact that like people have different experiences. You can't like define... One event or one story by one experience, and so I do think it's important to like talk to various people related to a topic sometimes because, yeah, you can't put the weight of it on one person. It's important to get like different perspectives on a story. So you know we've only made only made sixty something episodes, only, <laughs> um, and a lot of those topics I think like there's tons of space for us to revisit again in the future for to sort of expand our understanding of them. So that's exciting. Okay, Erin. Well. Can you talk about a trip that you're the most excited to take once it's safe to travel again? This has been like the weight in my life recently because I need to travel, but I don't know where to go. And because I'm struggling with with deciding like where I, where I feel comfortable going, where I think is a responsible place to go, given that like the rest of the world is still very much in the height of the pandemic. So I've just been like quite conflicted on it. Lucas and I were very, very close to booking a trip to Iceland, but then we ran into problems understanding whether we were eligible to not quarantine. Technically, we are because we're fully vaccinated, but we weren't sure that our paperwork was going to suffice with getting us in quarantine-free. And so ultimately, we decided not to do that trip, which was a bummer because we felt like that was a good place to go. It's just on the back burner. And that kind of also pointed to like how travel is different now. It's definitely much more complicated because, you know, that's not something I would have had to think about planning a trip. I would have just booked it. So yeah, been debating this, but my next trip just fell into my lap recently I'm not sure if I told you. So one of my closest friends, Adele, she and I met when we were living in the Netherlands and have stayed close over the years. She lives in Russia and she's coming to the U.S. for a wedding in September. So of course we need to have a reunion. She wasn't able to get a visa to Canada, which means I am going to the U.S. And we are going to meet in New York City. (gasps) So literally last night I booked an Airbnb in Queens and – It's a part of New York City. I haven't, I've been like a couple times because she lived there for several years. So while she was living there, I would go to New York like at least once every few months, but I haven't been to Queens. So we're going to stay in Queens and explore that area. I'm probably going to bring Lucas, which is exciting because he's never been to New York City. People are like very vaccinated there, which is exciting. So hopefully we'll get to like actually do some tourist things. We'll see. Mm -hmm. That's so exciting. I'm so happy for you.
1: I'm trying to get the trip that I had planned for 2020 back off the ground, which was visiting some family in Denmark and making a pit stop in Lisbon. And I'm having some complications with my vouchers that I got back from the airline <laughs> that Aaron keeps telling me to fight harder for
0: <laughs> we will fix this they will not win
1: <laughs> they will not um, win i missed the expiry date on a voucher and now they won't
0: give me my money and i'm very sad and upset Katie, about it you have to email them every 3 weeks just okay I'll do that
1: just bother them because uh, we were so excited for this trip in the first place because we had a 32 hour layover in lisbon on the way to copenhagen and we were so excited for our layover to be honest because we had found this really cute airbnb and then we found on airbnb experiences this woman who was offering kind of like a local tour around to her favorite bars so it was something that we would just meet up with her and like whoever else like basically, I'm going out with my friends, do you want to come type thing. And so we were going to go out with her at like, I think 7pm and then just bar hop from place to place all night. And then we would hop on our plane the next day at like, I think it was 6pm or something. So we like we had so much time there to just explore, but we knew we didn't have just enough time to explore on our own. So like having a local there to kind of show us around and give us kind of like the sparks notes of all the good spots to be in, like hang out for the night. We were so excited for that. And then obviously the pandemic changed things.
0: I think it's really likely that you could do it next summer. I think so
1: too. And that's what I'm like hopeful for. And I really would like to recreate that trip and probably spend
0: more time in Portugal. You should. Lisbon is incredible. They actually have a really good walking tour that I tell everyone if you're going to Lisbon, like, the first thing you need to do is do the free walking tour. Mm
1: -hmm. And I'll also say, like, just in a perfect world, if COVID wasn't a thing, like, the majority of my travel, basically all of my travel has been very European. So I've just, I've gone to a lot of European countries and I've gone to, you know, the Caribbean, but that's like pretty much it. So like, I would love to explore parts of Asia and India because you have sold me on India on this podcast long enough. We just have to see where the world ends up at this point.
0: So Okay, Katie. There's something I've been thinking about that you and I should do together, and that's go to Mongolia. Because yes. I Googled, and Mongolia's vaccine campaign is really good. Like, their percentages are going up, like, really fast. Okay, so well, I feel like, like, let's hit up Eternal Landscapes. Let's go. That's what I'm thinking. I think, like, you and I doing that trip together would be so fun. <gasps> oh, they I'm have so horses. Excited. They have wild horses. There's horses. <laughs> I love horses.
1: So... I don't know, like next summer? (laughs) Yes. On a sidebar here, I am a full-time freelance podcast producer. Alpaca My Bags is my baby, my labor of love. This is not – Aaron is not my client. We are very much partners doing this together. Um, But one of my clients is a equestrian brand. So like I've been producing podcasts about horseback riding over the last year. And so I think I've become a horse girl. I think you have. I th- I'm right I, think on the I love verge.
0: horses; <laughs> they're amazing. Well, I told you about my like. I had like kind of a bad experience horseback riding once, so this is. I, I'm a tentative horse girl. Tentative. You like being around horses. I like being around them. Not sure I want to ride them. Not on horses.
1: Okay, let's get to this next question. And Erin, I think you're going to need to elaborate on it for me because this is something new to me. What are your thoughts on revenge travel? I've never heard of this phrase before, so maybe you can elaborate.
0: You probably haven't heard of it because it's a pandemic phrase. Um, People started saying it to describe it as this urge to travel after being in lockdown for an extended period of time, which is super relatable. Obviously, like any of us who are obsessed with travel, like have just been thinking about it and wanting to book that first post-pandemic trip. So that's one description of it that I've seen, but there's another way I've seen it described, which I am not sure I like. Um, So some people describe it as this idea of doing really excessive travel to make up for lost time. And I'm not sure I'm on board with that interpretation of it because I'll just quote my mom, everything you do should be in moderation. And what I'm getting at is that when we approach travel with excess, there's usually unseen consequences like contributing to over-tourism and to climate change. And so I think like revenge travel, depending on how you interpret it, could be not a great thing. Because the, this whole pandemic, people have been saying, when we return to travel, we'll approach it slowly and like more responsibly. And revenge travel seems like – In one reading of it, it could be kind of the antithesis of that. So Mm -hmm. that's what I'm thinking. Well, let me know what you think about here because this is how I think
1: about it. I feel like it's sort of a capitalist idea and it very much I think is related to like extraction. So you go hard, 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 go, 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 extract, extract, extract. And at some point there's a limit the limit might not be on you. And maybe you've got unlimited funds and you can just go, 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 go around the world as much as you want. But the limit is on the communities that you're going to. Are you giving back? Are you being responsible? All of these things. And at some point, like you said, it's going to have an impact on where you go. Capitalism sucks. But it's funny because I thought revenge travel was like, you just broke up with your boyfriend and you're like, fuck you. And then you go and travel the world and live your best life. And he has to watch it all on Instagram and be pissed.
0: We should, let's just say (laughs) that's what revenge travel is. (laughs) That's actually an episode I want to do. I've been thinking about doing an episode where we talk about like using travel to cope with breakup. Someone messaged me about this, one of our listeners. So I put it in the spreadsheet. I think that'd be a fun episode. That would be a
1: fun episode for sure. Oh, okay, Erin, here's a question about podcasting. What
0: do you like the most and what do you like the least about podcasting? The most hanging out with you and meeting and talking to guests, I think, is what I like the most. And actually, even though it does often cause a lot of stress for me, I do really like the creative process. Um coming up with concepts and then scripting them and then finding the perfect guest, that creative process is like very fulfilling for me and I really enjoy it. Um, but it does stress me out too. As you know, I often have like minor mental breakdowns cause I'm worried about, I don't know. I just, just anything. it's my anxiety. It's just my anxiety. Talking
1: <laughs> Your brain's like, I think this <laughs> entire script that you just spent 12 hours on is shit. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, Katie, I think that I should quit the podcast and stop being a podcaster altogether. I'm like, no, don't do it.
0: Just tell your brain no. This podcast is truly a roller coaster of emotion for me because some days, like, I absolutely love it and I'm so proud. And other days I'm like, what am I doing? Like you and also Zach, like, Zach has had to call me and talk me down. He had to talk me down once because someone left a comment on our social media and I was just like completely spiraling. Yeah. Thank you, Zach. (laughs)
1: Thank you. (laughs) But also like I think – I don't think you should feel alone in that sense because I think with every podcast that exists, unless like you're a straight white male, but like (laughs) for the most part, a lot of podcasters are always going to experience some form of imposter syndrome. And I think especially since you care so much about the episodes that we're making, there is a level of imposter syndrome there where you're like – at some point, you are gonna just like reevaluate who you are and why you're doing this. And it's important to do that too. Like, I think having those moments of imposter syndrome and reflecting on what you're doing is important. That kind of self awareness is really important to do a podcast right. You know, it's, I think it's respectful to the listeners. I think it's respectful to your guests. It's respectful to you. So I think it's good to like kind of every few months just reflect on what you're doing, why you're doing it. And I know I know, like podcasts that are just kind of shooting the shit may not do so, and they might kind of hurt some people's feelings. And I think also just knowing like as imposter syndrome sets in as a podcaster, you also have to know that you can't always be perfect. Like it's okay to make mistakes. And if you can be self-aware and apologize and know when you've made those mistakes or at least recognize it, if somebody calls you out, then I think that's like also really important. And it's another, it's another form of respect for your listeners and for yourself and for your guest as well. So the anxiety sets in and it sucks and it's hard, but I think it's also like a very valuable experience at the end of it. Totally. I mean, I'm talking for you, but.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's tough because it's like, yeah, it's, natural to be anxious about something that you're making. I think sometimes though, like my extreme anxiety gets a little a little too extreme. Hey. It is what I can't help it though. It's just my brain. It's just my brain. But um I do wish deeply at times that I had the confidence of a straight white cis man. You have to exude that energy as a podcaster. (laughs) But like to a certain degree. (laughs) Is this why Joe Rogan is so uh, successful probably? It is, Aaron. It is. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's not talk about Joe Rogan. I don't <laughs> no. I can't go there. I can't go there. He doesn't there. even
1: deserve our air. <laughs> no, um, he does not.
0: Okay, what do you like most and what do you like least about podcasting, which is the thing you do literally all day long every day? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would say that um, what I like most is very on par with what you said.
1: Like, I love the creative process. Um, I love working with you and developing the show. So you usually write the whole script and then I kind of run through it and make sure it would work for ears and add anything else that I think is missing or might um, enhance the conversation. And then that is always a really Fun process and just kind of developing it. And then obviously meeting our guests and chatting with them is always super fun. So, yeah, just seeing the whole podcast come to fruition is like literally what I do. <laughs> so, I love that part. I would say what I like the least about podcasting is it's just a competitive environment, and being in a competitive environment can be really stressful sometimes. But when you start to get engagement from people, once people start to message you and email, that's when you like really feel like you've built a community, you're part of a community, and people really, really care. And actually, that's what's happened for us over the last year. Uh, has been We've been getting way more messages from you guys, from our alpaca pals. People are interacting with us on Instagram and chatting with us. And it's so fun. Please keep doing that. Please.
0: If you want to reach out to us, please do it. <laughs> just having people message and share their thoughts and share their ideas or just like say hi. It's just like really nice because it, it tells you that someone listened to your podcast, which is nice, but it tells you that someone listened to your podcast and cared enough to think about it later and to message you about it. It's like a real engaged listen, which is really nice.
1: Yes, 100%.
0: Okay, so last
1: question of our AMA. Erin, what episode are you the most excited for in
0: season four? Ooh, so many, so many. Top of mind are probably the ones that we're recording soon. We are working on an episode about how to decenter yourself as a traveler, um, which I think is going to be a really important topic, especially as people, especially in North America, um, start thinking about travel again. And we're also going to be potentially interviewing James Mwenda, who until recently was one of the caretakers for the last two northern white rhinos in the world. He was caretaking for them in Kenya, and he's now starting his own expedition company. Um, So recently he was on Amanda Kendall's podcast, the Thoughtful Travel podcast, and she emailed me this morning to see if we'd like to have him on our show as well. And I would really love to. So I hope that one comes together. Um, and a huge shout out to Amanda Apaca Pals. If you haven't listened to her show, the Thoughtful Travel Podcast, go and listen. Um, it's really amazing. And Amanda is amazing. And I'm hoping to get her back on our show soon. How about you? I am
1: really excited to hopefully dig into this concept more that I saw Joanna Hogan write about. Well, so first I saw her release this article on Twitter about... What is a responsible traveler and how do we make that a thing? And I would love to explore that more on the show because this concept was people who are thinking about responsible travel are probably already traveling fairly responsibly. But how do you connect with the, con- with the, casual traveler. The people who don't really travel all the time like Aaron or even somebody who's just a little little more than the casual traveler. So somebody who's like, you know, their family hasn't gone together. They just had a kid who's maybe two years old or three or four or five. Now they all want to go to Disney together. So like those types of people who aren't really thinking about responsible traveler travel. They don't know even where to look for that type of content because it's not even on their mind. So I'm like very curious to talk to either her or somebody else about how we can capture those people, people who are living their everyday lives who don't think about travel much and let them figure out how to do something responsibly. Like that is a very exciting concept to me because yeah, we are kind of talking into our bubble of people who care about this
0: stuff and how do we bring more people in? We're talking to Joanna for the DeCenter episode. So I think we can wrap that into it. I would love to do that (laughs)
1: she, her, that article was so, so good. And I would love to just like, maybe we just record two episodes with her. (laughs) Yeah, we absolutely can. So that's what I'm very excited about. So stay tuned. We have already started recording our episodes for season
0: four. Do we have an official date for our first episode of season four yet? It's vaguely October. It'll be early October. Let's see. Mm -hmm. First Wednesday in October is October 6th. So that's when our first episode's coming out. Yeah. Stay tuned. Ooh, are you going to make a trailer?
1: Yes, we'll make a trailer. (gasps) Ooh. Obviously. I love your trailers. Um, And I'll just throw it out there for alpaca pals who are curious. We do still have a Patreon that's available to you. Please, if you are curious or you'd like to support the show in any monetary means, you can sign up on our Patreon. The link is in our show notes. It just really helps us keep the show going and pay our guests and we also are very excited to have an intern join us this season so we would really like to have her on longer and um,
0: support her as well so yeah yeah anything you can contribute is so so helpful with keeping this show Keeping the lights on around here. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Because, like, we, we, we gave you kind of an
1: idea of the background of
0: kind of all the work that goes
1: into it. We probably dedicate, what, 12 hours per episode? So there is a lot of labor going into it, and... Um, So, yeah, it's just nice to have the Patreon available to you just in case you'd like to support us. Also, Erin and I have played around with some merch basically just for each other. (laughs) So we (laughs) sent each other uh, sweaters with the Alpaca My Bags Loco for Christmas. And if anybody is curious or would like some merch available to them, please also message us and maybe we can take that more seriously and (laughs) and offer it to you as well. Um, And yeah, please, if you like the show and you have some time today, leave us a review you or literally email us no one that's really all. emails us you can dm us though dm us on instagram we are very much there that's pretty much it any last words aaron for the these last few moments of this episode no okay great well it's been lovely <laughs> chatting to you it's been um, lovely i gotta get back to you. work now so but hold on hold on hold <laughs> on but before one sec oh is she bringing in ann a
0: throwback from season one Annie is moving back to the UK. Anne, do you have something to say about that? Did you hear that? Yeah. Just tiny- shy today. <laughs> She's getting nervous for her first flight. <laughs> oh, cat's on the go. All right, Alpaca Pals, I hope you've enjoyed this bonus episode. It was really fun for Katie and I to just sort of chat and answer your questions. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. So... I know we're still on break, but don't worry, October's going to come quickly as we all enjoy summer. So just stay tuned and look out for our first episode for season four on October 6th. Thanks for listening and I hope you all get to help pack your bags safely and soon.